it's a risky endeavor this morning, Josh. Can I explain to you why it's a risky endeavor this morning? I probably got to give you a little bit more juice too, don't I, on the microphone? Yeah, a little juice would be nice. Little juice. I haven't used this equipment in a while, so it's kind of a nice little thing. Oh, it's a risky endeavor this morning because I've chosen to do my show from our our room. Oh no! Right, and you got to remember, it's eight oh five here. So to me, right to to, to Chris Plank. That is a natural time when everybody should be up. It's like it's 8 a.m. What are you doing? Get up. But knowing that this team, and I don't think, I, I think I'm staying on a floor where I'm, I'm worried a little bit more about affecting those who might be here on like a trip or something, <laughs> which this area seems like it's not necessarily a place you would stay for like a luxury trip or a, a vacation trip. This, to me, seems more like an area for a business trip, right? This seems kind of more like a business hotel. So um, if here, here's the problem. There wasn't really anywhere that I could go this morning just right off the bat to do the show. I'm, I'm sure I could have set up in the middle of the lobby. But it was, you know, I was like, oh, you know, it's 8 o'clock. It's going to be fine. But then I kind of stopped and I thought, it is 8 o'clock, Josh. That is still, I mean, this isn't like T-Row in the morning show early, right? But it's still, it's still relatively early. So I may, just, just kind of giving you a little heads up here, I either may have security called on me in the first hour of the show. I may be in more of a subdued voice in the first hour of the show. So there's, there's a lot of different factors that could roll in here in the first hour. Are you prepared for all of them? Prepared for it all. And uh, <laughs> if you must be subdued, then be a little bit subdued this morning. I, when, are we, when do we have the all clear? Is it 10 o'clock local time when we have the all clear? Can we, no, no, no. Can we save okay. one hour before that? I, I would say, okay, it is 8 a.m. local time here, right? <laughs> it was funny. I was telling Toby the story, and even as I was telling him the story, it shows you how much one hour in your day can screw you up, right? I set my alarm as I normally do for 7 a.m. And when it went off, I did the, you know, get up, did the stretch, turn on the TV, and I realized, oh, my gosh, it's 8 o'clock. Right. And so then I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm do I need to be on the air? What, what's going on here? And then you kind of stop. You're like, wait a minute. What you're normally doing at this time is taking care of your kids. Right. So for me, it's like, wait a minute here. I've got all the time in the world. Just found a little time. Right. 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 Just discovered a little bit of time. So it was really nice. It actually worked out. OK. As far as this conversation is concerned, I don't know. Um. I went to bed super early last night. I wasn't feeling well. We, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't do well on small planes. I don't do well. I, um, there's, some, there's some medicine that I usually take whenever I get on a flight and it's a smaller plane that you know usually takes care of me. I did not have that medicine yesterday. And uh, by the way, like drama, I mean, for anyone who's like, oh, what are you taking? It's just that simple. And it bothered me. And I, try, I tried to sleep the whole way, dude. I tried to sleep, and it just wouldn't work. And it was kind of a – it was a little different seating arrangement. So it made it a little bit more challenging for me. So I was, I was a hot mess when we landed. I really, truly was. But I gathered myself. I had dinner. I came up here. I watched the Celtics Thunder game, um, which, again, I don't know. <laughs> shocking they didn't have it on here in uh, Utah. What's up with that? But watched the end of that and, and got a good night's sleep. Got a great night's sleep. 
and then I realize as I'm going through this and I'm sitting here doing the crossover, I think this all stems, Josh Helmer, this stems from the Hawaii trip whenever I had the guy that wanted to fight me from across the other room. You remember that? Or was that I was doing the crossover whenever the dude was ready to throw down. And we had to do the show with me on the phone walking around the entire hotel because we didn't know where we could do the show from. <laughs> yes. And also, I guess a little bit little bit of context. It was also like five in the morning there. <laughs> five or six in the morning whenever we were trying to do the show. So uh we're here. We're in Provo. This is one of two assignments I have covering women's basketball. Uh, there, there was a possibility for a few more, but uh, the 24th is a big family event that I have, and I unfortunately had to see if Chad could hook me up, and he did. And then the other event I think was the first week of the softball season, and I'm going to be in, in Mexico that they needed me for. So uh, I'm going to make the most of this. I've gone all in on this team. Uh, we have Jenny Baranchek is slated to join us at some point this morning. Like I said, they're letting the girls sleep a little bit today. Uh, so I'll send that little, hey, coach, how's it looking this morning text. I think everything will be geared towards, what, like 9 a.m. local time here today, Josh, to really cut it loose. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I think so. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, um, we got a lot to get to. So uh, enough about me. I hope everyone had a great night. It's It's good to be back on a regular schedule. We do have a very big show. Um, yesterday, I felt like in our portal slash championship game conversations, we really we really didn't hit what I wanted to. And I don't know if that was just, you know, Josh and I having so much to catch up on, and, and got, we got into a little movie talk yesterday because I saw more movies uh, over the Christmas slash New Year's break than I did my whole 2023. I doubled the amount of movies that I saw <laughs> in, the, in those two days than I did in 23, so may, maybe that, that's my fault. But I want to spend some time, Josh, and I've even earmarked it for 10 a.m. when we talk about the portal news, because there is some portal news for Oklahoma. Um, When we talk about that, when we get into the latest portal updates, I want to get into Kirby Smart's comments after the Georgia game and basically that kind of overriding question that's that's taken over college football over the last month. What can you do about the calendar? You know, what can you truly do if if you want? change if you don't want games like Florida State had to deal with what can you do are I mean are we gonna have to deal with opt-outs in the playoffs I mean I hope not I don't think so but I don't think so either but what about the what kind of effect when you get to a 12 team playoff what kind of effect does that have on what the rosters are going to look like for the quote-unquote other games and then Josh I don't what are those other games even going to look like? When are we going to play those other games? What's that? T- I mean, have we had a conversation about is the schedule just going to be the same? So we're going to start out with the New Mexico Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, or the Rob Gronkowski Bowl, whatever it is now, and then, boom, there's the first round of the playoffs that weekend. Is, it, is that still going to be the way that it rolls? It, I have no idea. Sounds like it, right? I mean, yeah. for, for it to end where it will end right now, then – yeah, I mean, that's going to be how it has to go. Right, absolutely. So we're going to get into that coming up at 10 a.m. this morning. Um, it, in segment two today, we're going to go all in on the return of Woody Washington, which um, – so I, I do want to defend myself a little bit because I went back last night and I brought up, hey, you know, Trace Ford's gone to those. Trace Ford walked on senior – Uh-oh, we might – we might have lost Plank. I think uh, 
he disappeared from us down in Provo. Uh, obviously, what he was uh, about to dive into was that uh, yesterday he was uh, under the impression that Trace Ford was done, so done at Oklahoma, and uh, well, Trace Ford can't come back. But uh, I guess Trace Ford went through the the regular graduation uh, walking ceremonies at OU. So if he uh, had to defend himself a little bit, then there's uh, a little bit uh, of your defense. Let's uh, let's take an opening timeout. We're right up against it anyways. We'll come back. We'll catch our breath and uh, get into everything Oklahoma football and so much more. It's the Plank Show right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network. Josh Elmer alongside soon to be again Chris Plank right here. It's the home of Sooner fans back with you right after this. I guess in some ways that worked out okay because we needed a break anyway, right, Josh? We were right on schedule. No big deal. All right, let, let me let me get back to where we were before I got knocked off. It's Plank Show. We're on the road. I'm in I'm in Provo, so I don't I don't expect that to happen again. <laughs> but you like never never really know <laughs> here in the mountains. I went to shift uh, to a different hotspot, but it's kind of you know typifies the my beloved coworkers. The uh, other hotspot is not charged. <laughs> like ah, our remote's over. I'll just throw this hotspot in here and let it run out of juice. Um. So Woody Washington makes his announcement that he is returning. And and here's what I was saying. Let me defend myself yesterday when we were having the conversation about players that do and don't have eligibility remaining. 26 players walked on senior day, right? They had 26 total players that walked on senior day. Of those, and I I, I guess maybe this is either A, my, my confusion, or B, just – I don't know, maybe maybe not doing my due diligence of uh, on some of them. At the very least, six, seven, nine, like 12 of those who, who walked still had eligibility left. And Woody Washington was one of those. Davis Bevel walked on senior day, right? So it, here just is my handy-dandy little list of guys who are done. These are players that have zero. Josh, zero eligibility left. Are you ready? These are guys that will have an edit that tells you, with that said, I'm going to the NFL, when in all honesty, what? They, they, they have no other options right now. That's right. They're, they're done. <laughs> they, it's like the Marcus Stripling one that fooled me. It's like, why is he putting an edit together? He's in a portal? And then lo and behold, it's like, oh, yeah, no, no. He's just announcing that he's turning pro. All right, here we go. In alphabetical order, Rondell Bothroyd, Isaiah Coe, Jordan Kelly, Jonah Lula, McCain Matoyer, uh, Phil Pea, who I, I don't even remember him getting any snaps, um, Reggie Pearson, Walter Rouse, Caleb Schaefer, Austin Stogner, Drake Stoops, and Marcus Stripling. Does that seem like a list that's right to you? Sure, yeah. It, it, okay. I mean, yeah, it I sounds accurate. <laughs> that's 12 guys. Right there. That's 12 guys that have zero eligibility left. Those, and, and like I said, I think almost all these guys walked on senior day. These are the players that still have eligibility left, and I'll try to – Davis Bevel has eligibility left. He's in the portal, right? He's going somewhere else. <clears throat> I haven't heard anything, but I know that he's in the portal. Uh, Luke Elzinga, Trace Ford, Dylan Gabriel, DJ Graham, Reggie Grimes, Jacob Lacey, Key Lawrence, Marcus Major, Connor Near, Josh Plaster, 
Andrew Rame, Devon Sears, DeJon Terry, and Woody Washington. All those guys had another year of eligibility if they wanted it. Now, we'll get to, to Woody coming back here in just a bit. But, I, I again, kind of like in the Phil Paya situation, I don't remember seeing Devon Sears last year at all. Do you? Texas I'm, State transfer? Yeah, I'm looking at the snaps right now. And he had 11 snaps per pro football focus. All season long? Yeah, and Paya, by the way, had three. Okay. All right. Makes sense. But, you know, we, we all know the list now. Andrew Rame has decided that he's going to go ahead and, and declare for the NFL draft. And, and kudos to him because he got an invite to the Senior Bowl, which is a massive deal. Dylan Gabriel is off to Oregon. But I, I would say of those names that we – Key Lawrence off to Ole Miss. We'll wait and see where Marcus Major ends up. But of the names on that list, Josh, I feel like we were all waiting to see, okay, is Woody Washington – going to come back and and to me if I'm an Oklahoma Sooner football fan which I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that a majority of the people that are listening to this program right now are I don't I don't know if you could get better news yesterday right outside of the the Purdue kid deciding that he was going to transfer to Oklahoma if that were to be announced yesterday uh, to have a veteran present like Woody Washington with that group of young guys that's going to add quite a bit of talent, and we'll see where Des Malone fits in if he does in that quarter's room. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Josh. I'm over the moon excited for what Oklahoma has been able to bring back just from its own roster in 2023 for year one in the uh, year one of the SEC. To get the trio of of old veteran voices and playmakers back in Stutzman, in Bowman, and now in Woody Washington, you. Can't overstate it. Uh, I don't know that uh, you just lock it up and Woody Washington is a guaranteed starter coming back. I'd like to see that turn into a competition if one of these young guys is is good enough to beat him or Jitry or whoever out. But, look, somebody that's made 36 starts in their career and played in 40-some-odd games and uh, has the over 200 tackles, I believe, in his career and five interceptions and a bunch of pass breakups, absolutely that's great. It's somebody that – that has been a starter for you for three years. You welcome him on on back happily. You know, it's uh, Josh McQuistion last night put this up on Twitter. He went he went through with, uh, I guess what you would say is the you know of guys that you were worried about leaving, and then also you know some some players who played a key role in the secondary between Ethan Downs and Trace Ford. On that defensive line, that's 35 combined starts between DeJon Terry and Jacob Lacey in, 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 in Norman, right? 24 combined starts. I don't, I don't know if we're digging into Oklahoma State lore here or not. But Danny, Kip Lewis, and DeSan McCullough, uh, they have 38 combined starts between them. Woody Washington himself has started 35 games in his Oklahoma career. Uh, Gentry Williams had nine starts in 13 games this last year. Billy Bowman, 28 starts, and Robert Spears Jennings had a couple. Which means of the, I guess, projected starters for the Oklahoma defense, that's an average of 15 and a half starts in their college career per guy. And I don't know about you, Josh, that's massive. And, and again, a guy like Woody Washington with, you know, 20, with 35, and Billy Bowman with 26 carry a lot of the weight. 
But I would like to drill down a little bit deeper and just look at that in a two-year capsule. Because to me, think about what that means to have two full years of experience in Brent Venable's system, to understand it, to, to know it like they do, and now to be able to come back for another year and as long as they stay healthy, Oklahoma's still got a lot of work to do. I'm not here to tell you that suddenly in, in preseason pools, this is going to elevate them above Ole Miss. I think Tennessee, with the way that Nico played this past Monday, they're going to have a rocket ship up their backside this offseason. A lot of people, I think, are going to be falling in love with Tennessee. But just when you look at this roster and when you look at what now Oklahoma has brought back, I, I just I don't know how you can't be over the moon excited right now as a Sooner fan. Well, and you could be hopeful that it all fully clicks for Oklahoma defensively. You hope that Woody Washington, Stutzman, Bowman, we've seen those guys get better as they've gotten older. And you hope that there's one final leap for those uh, for that trio. And then if everybody else comes along, okay, you might have something pretty special. You still have work to do. By no means are any of those guys a finished product. You know, I, I again – I didn't necessarily think Woody Washington had played all that well in the last couple of games. I thought um, I thought that wide receiver from Arizona kind of had his way with Woody whenever Woody would be in coverage with him. So, you know, it, I, you can chalk that up to a lot of things. But, I mean, by what's the phrase I'm looking for here, Josh? You feel better. You're a little bit more confident. But by no means are you satisfied, Right. You feel good about things. It's like, all right, this is looking good. But at your core, you know there's still work to be done. And not just in, hey, we got to get a better defensive tackle here. we got to get a better safety here. Just in those individuals and improving. And I think for all of them, I think that's a major reason why they're back too, right? They they realize the need to get better if they're going to play football for the rest of their lives. No doubt. And uh, with Woody Washington coming back, at the very least we could say it gives us a – a nice floor, right? A, a good idea. Does it raise the ceiling for you? It it absolutely uh, adds to the depth and, and gives you some sure. confidence and just overall what you've got. And you, you've added one out of the transfer portal. But you know what you're going to get, right? This is not a knock on Woody. So I don't – Woody Washington, I would never say anything bad about Woody Glass, just so we're clear. So this isn't a knock on Woody Washington, but my hope, is that when spring camp rolls around and then into the fall, we're hearing stories about the competition being so tight at those corners, Josh, that even a returning fifth-year player is having to fight, scratch, and claw for his job. That's what I hope. Uh, again, not a knock on Woody. And I hope the same thing for Jacob Lacey and DeJon Terry. Not a knock on you guys. But I hope things are so good with the young talent of that position that the reports that – Parker has over at OU Insider or the conversation that Teddy's having on the rush and that filter over to our show. I, I hope the conversation is, man, the lead that Macari Vickers made from year one to year two, the health of Josiah Wagner, man, the health of Gentry Williams. These guys are pushing like crazy. Jacoby Johnson, who I know you're big on and that I'm big on. I mean, that's, that's not a negative, but Josh, I just – I, again, I think that would speak to just how good that position group has the potential to be if it's not just a guarantee that Woody Washington's coming back and he's penciled in a one starter. 
I want our, our Sharpie didn't want starter. I, I my hope is that that group continues to develop to the point where we're hearing conversations, even where, hey man, I think Josiah Wagner might have won that job, right? Absolutely. Or who knows? One of these signees in this True. class, or. Uh, a Jacoby Johnson takes a big leap. The, the guys that are already here that we haven't seen maybe a ton of yet. Uh, there's been a lot of buzz around Josiah Wagner, as as you know and just mentioned, and we've seen a lot of Gentry <laughs> Williams. But, look, uh, if one of those guys comes in and, and beats either of those two out, Woody Washington or Gentry, that's uh, not the worst thing. Or if it's a rising tide situation to where that that gets the best out of Woody Washington. And just again, to, to clarify, Never anything bad about Woody Glass. He's the man. He's the absolute man. Um, but and, and I don't know if that's that's not bad about Woody Washington. That's just saying, hey, I, I wouldn't mind seeing there being hella competition at that cornerback well, spot. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It wasn't a great finish to the season. The bowl game left a little bit out there for Woody Washington. I mean, if we if we were talking about a performance where he had a couple of pass breakups and was very sticky in coverage, I think people would be over the moon, and you should still be excited, but it, it the season didn't end on a great note. Did not. Did not end on a great note. All right, so um, it, it, anything else you want to add on the Woody Washington conversation? Because coming up in exactly well, – let's see, what time is it? Coming up in exactly 30 minutes from now, we mentioned there is a new portal edition for the Sooners, and there is some buzz about – a couple more portal additions. Wait, hold on, let me rephrase that. Uh, there's a couple of Sooners that have hit the portal, and then there's a couple of portal additions to the Sooners. Does that make sense? That uh, have been buzzed and have been talked about. So we'll we'll dive into that coming up in about 30 minutes from now in our daily portal updates. In the meantime, we're off to a hot start on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. We'll get to those texts next. But, Josh, 30 minutes in, we, we got to mention, what, uh, first of all, what a game last night for your Iowa Hawkeyes. Caitlin Clark, holy smokes. Were you up? Were you watching? Oh, of course, man. That was unreal. <laughs> um, so, number one, game. by the way, uh, hit a game-winning buzzer beater from the logo last night. From the Caitlin beak. Clark. <laughs> from the beak of the bird, all right? It was unreal. But on the other side of it, the other basketball, it's five-game winning streak. I know it's early in the season. Eight of nine. Thunder are looking really good. Uh, you know, you know, Dino's Dean Blevins is my guy, and I I will defend Dean pretty much to the grave. But I uh, I I could not have disagreed more with a tweet that he threw out last night. What What did he it, say? It, so I when I'm trying to remember when it was in the game. When Boston had cut it, uh, oh, he put the time on here. He goes, he goes. If Thunder are as good as we slash many think, they'll win and overcome a rally by Boston cutting a 19 point deficit to 10 with 5:32 to go in the fourth. And I'm thinking to myself, we're not even at the halfway point of the season yet. Boston is a championship caliber team. I'm not ready to. This is what always just angered me so much about the early era of how the Thunder were covered. It's you're not win or die on every single game. If they if Boston would have come back and won that game last night, which by the way they almost did, I'm not going to sit here and say Thunder are doomed. They're just obviously not who they thought we were. 
no, it's a it's a tough loss at home to a good team. Let's bounce back and win again, probably on what Thursday when they play again. But I, I just saw that, and at the moment, you know, I, I didn't think that there was a chance they were going to blow the game. It's just that mindset that some people have. We got to get out of it. It's not, and we haven't been in it for a while because the Thunder have kind of stunk, so it's brought it all back. But they won the game. They looked really good doing it. Um, and Boston's a good team. This is what's going to happen when you play teams that care about the regular season, Josh. And Boston cares about the regular season. So I wasn't putting, I guess, as much as some were on that game last night. But I'll tell you what, it's one its one heck of a win for Oklahoma City. It is. And, you know, to the point. Apparently the make or break moment of the season, too. Well, you don't want to lose a game that you're leading by 18 with seven minutes to play. But, uh, look, uh, Boston, as you said, though they haven't with this core won a world championship, they've, they've been there and played for it and been involved in it, and uh, they do care about the regular season, and they got a bunch of stars. So they can make up, yes, 18 points in, in seven minutes. It is doable, and we saw them very quickly erase eight points of said deficit yeah. just like that. So, But uh, that's not necessarily an indictment uh, definitively no. on OKC. I mean, it's just – Speaks to Boston's really good and capable of doing that. It 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 makes it makes me think a lot of of Arnie's every single game that a player wins or loses. Like for instance, Mahomes. Whenever uh, Kansas City, uh, who who did you guys play before the Raiders game? <sighs> anyway, it, it was it was like a close game, or Mahomes didn't play that well, and Arnie would say, "Is Patrick Mahomes who we thought he was?" I mean, is this the guy? And I'm like, what? He's won two Super Bowls, dude. He's he's won. <laughs> oh, it was the Patriots. That right. And, and he didn't necessarily play all that well. He's like, oh, I just don't know if this guy is who we thought they were. It's like you've got this litany of history that tells you he absolutely is, right? You've got this litany of, of, of games this season lets you know this Thunder team is pretty good. I don't think having a 19-point lead cut to 10 is an indictment that they suddenly stink. Uh, but they found a way to win, and I was happy. I was happy for OKC fans last night. It was a good game. It was a great. These are the kind of games that you want to win if you're going to find yourself not just Josh competing for the one seed in the playoffs, which it looks like right now heading into the playoffs. OKC is very much in that mix. You know, in this five-game streak, what there's wins over Denver, Minnesota, and Boston. That's as good as it gets in the NBA right now. So not only winning a game like that for a trip or for a battle for that one seed and having the road to the NBA finals go through Oklahoma City. But winning games like that, I think it shows a little moxie in this team and makes them better off into May and June. So kudos to the Thunder. Big win last night. When we come back, let's hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's the Plank Show on a third. Uh, wait, what day is it? On a Wednesday. And I'm live from Provo, Utah with the OU women's basketball team right here on The Ref. Back with you. It's the Plank Show right here. It's the Ref. Home of Sooner fans, Josh Elmer alongside a – Chris Plank that's hanging out in Provo. Countdown to uh, basketball tonight. Hour number one brought to us by Van Hoos Fence. That is vhfence.com. Get your fencing needs taken care of by the premier fence company in Oklahoma, 405-735-1167. Again, vhfence.com. To the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line we go. Number two, chime in. If you'd like to join in as well, plug it into your phone. That's what we always say. 405 651-3439. The Sooner Andy 
Really, like really him. appreciate what Woody has done over the last few years for the program. However, by August, I feel maybe just hope that Gentry, Vickers, Wagner, Jacoby Johnson, Dolby, wonder if he moves to corner full-time, Malone, etc., all may be ready to earn snaps. Giving any they, snaps to Woody, who has already hit his ceiling, may be detrimental to development or performance at the corner spot. Again, love what Woody has done over the years, but his time may need to be over. Um, I, I think that's along the lines of what we were saying, right? And it, and I was hoping that we were making sooner. Andy kind of like just got, well, you know, it's time for him to move on. I don't necessarily think that's the case. You know, I I think he'll have a role. The Dolby conversation to me is a fascinating one, Josh, because he was really good at the Cheetah, like really good. Um, and, and you know, when Desan McCullough was out there and, and Teddy would be better to assess this than I would, I thought when Desan McCullough was healthy and when he was out there, he was was really, really good too. Um but I, you know, I don't. We talk about position flexibility. Maybe it does become a a, a situation where, you know, with a, I'm just going to go through a couple of names like the Phil Pachatis of the world, Lewis Carter. You know, all these guys that when they came in, we had heard that they were going to be what, they were going to be cheetahs, and I just I don't know if physically, Kendall Dolby. I mean, is he what you want in that cheetah position? In a conference like the SC, I don't know. I, I don't know. So maybe that's a really good question by Sooner Andy. And I think that's along the lines of what we were saying, right? I think we are, are in agreement. I hope it's a situation where that competition is so good that we are hearing about Woody Washington being pushed for snaps in the spring. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Woody Washington has played some very, very good football at Oklahoma, so I, I don't want it to get misconstrued that you or I don't want Woody Washington to start. We just want it to be a competition and may the best man win. And if Woody's that guy, then, then great. One more uh, thing for the interior of the defensive line too, by the way, same thing for the defensive line as well. One more pretty good one here. (laughs) Different perspective. I would say from Jesse G plank Woody was going to get drafted. He doesn't come back. If he doesn't know he has that spot plus comparable money, of course he should have to compete, but I'm sure he made his decision to return knowing he has that spot. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I don't think anyone has anything handed to them. You know, it's – if you're you're still in a situation where, especially for the quarterback position, and obviously for guys like Woody Washington, maybe maybe even Danny Stutzman, you know, I've, I've heard so many – and Steve listens to the show, but, so he would – I've heard – you know, Danny had a really, really good draft grade, so he could have gone if he wanted to and, and made pretty good money. But you're still in a situation to where if you're not like a top 100 pick, uh, you're you're going to make more money in college now with this current setting, with the current situation. Now, who knows if that changes over the next, you know, three to four years? Who knows what kind of shift we have if maybe there's more of a – of a slotting, like pay a pay slotting, like they try to do with the NFL draft. I don't know, but you're still in a situation now to where if you're a if you're fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, 
in some of these instances, Josh, you're making a little bit more money on your NIL deals and the, the, the payments you're getting from your collective than you are, say, from uh, the, the three-year deal that you get when you're drafted, which looks good because it's like three years, $4 million or whatever. It's $8 million, whatever it is. We went through this drill a while back. But when you look at the guaranteed money, it's like mid-six figures, which I think a lot of these guys can get close to in the world of college. I like this from the um, – I mean, do you agree with that? Absolutely. The the monetary side. And, uh, you know, another thing that we Especially don't, for quarterbacks. The other thing we don't talk a lot about is college football's fun. I, I always come back to that in, in some of these decisions where it's stay or go. And if you're not one of those top-round top draft picks – if, if all of a sudden now I've got name, image, likeness mixed in, a nice little compensation package there that's more or the same or comparable or a little bit less, and, oh, by the way, I get to play college football in a place I love, well, that's a pretty appealing option. Yeah, absolutely. I graduated from college in four years. Four years. I was really proud of myself. Since I've graduated from college, I've spent the last 25 years trying to get back in. How do I go back? <laughs> it's just – how do I go back? I miss those days. I miss those days. Um, here's one that I want you to think about during the break. I've set a goal for the show today, in case you can't tell, Josh. It's to try to stay on the clock. The 615 writes, Beanbo is a conundrum to me. Probably the best offensive line coach in the country. Program guy. What's not to like from a fan perspective? But for whatever reason, he just can't land elite kids consistently if the bar is to compete for a natty in a few years. Let's talk about that next. I think, I think that's a, a question inside a conundrum, inside a question, inside a conundrum. Because to me, I, I completely and totally get what you're saying. Um, but I also... I don't know how these guys do it in evaluating offensive line recruits, Josh. I, I just I don't know how you can tell from a little bit of tape or even watching a game what's going to make a guy a good offensive lineman. I just don't, especially whenever a majority of these dudes are horses in high school and they're going up against, like, I don't know, dogs and kitten cat, kitty cats. I mean, they're just <laughs> – they're able to be beasts. And I think that's been Oklahoma. But let's, let's get into that next. I, I think it's a fair question. Now, again, full disclosure, I'm going to defend Bill Beanboat probably until my dying breath. But I also don't think anyone is beyond reproach. So let's dive into it next. I'm on the road with the Oklahoma women's basketball team. Jenny Baranchek is slated to join us at some point when they get up and around. So we'll talk about the game tonight against the BYU Cougars. we got a portal update. Thunder win last night over, Oklahoma, uh, over Boston. They're rolling five straight. And we're talking about it with you on the text line right here on the ref. What do you – what do you make of that text, Josh, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show? We were we were talking about Woody Washington and his decision to return to the Sooners in 2024, which is great news. And uh, the the issue with the development of the Oklahoma offensive line, right? And, and let's be real clear. When I say issue, it's more on the high school guys, right, Josh? We've seen the transfer portal guys come in here and really, really develop. Tyler Guyton, Walter Rouse. I know there was a bit of a love-hate relationship 
right, with McCain Matoyer because he wasn't very good last year and had some big-time flashes this year. Um, but, I mean, it's, it, it, it is when you start looking at recruiting classes. And I, like I said, I'm going to – to me, I think Bill Beanbow is the best offensive line coach in the country. I think there's, uh, there's, there's nobody better. But I think it's also fair to say, hey, we've got to see some of these guys that have been, you know, A, committed and then B, signed. We've got to see them develop into something. I, I, I love all the buzz around Eugene Brooks, right, and, and how well he played at what was that, the Under Armour camp? But, you know, it's not very often that you see a freshman, you know, Caden Green's kind of a unique situation of a freshman that comes in and plays. And there's, you know, four, five very highly thought of recruits on the offensive line in this class. But, I mean, do, do we expect any of them to be able to come in and, and be that dude right away? I don't, I don't know. Ex- I, I don't expect that from freshmen ever, <laughs> especially <Yeah>. not. <laughs> any position. The, well, any position for the most part outside of maybe wide receiver running back lend themselves to where if you can if you're explosive enough at running back okay we can turn and hand the football off to you if you can go catch the football okay you got a chance to come in and and go make plays especially if you're an early enrollee but an offensive lineman that's uh that's something that generally takes a year of physical development and you know, the speed and strength of the college game, it doesn't typically happen overnight. But having said that, it will be how, – how do I feel about that text? I, I think that the heat's starting to heat up a little bit on Beanbow. These, these there, guys right? out of the high school ranks, we need to see whether it's Jacob Sexton take that next step or probably a combination of multiple guys – uh, Taylor, on and on and on. I mean, there's a number of names you could uh, you could say that the guys that have been in these previous signing classes, okay, it's time to show some legitimate strides from what we saw in the bowl game in this season to the spring to the beginning of next year. And then one year down the road, same thing for these guys in this class. He needs a couple of these to be big-time hits. Last year, Joshua Bates, Heath Ozeda, Logan Hallen and Caden Green. Green. Green ended up being pretty good. But again, Green still had a long way to go, and he was playing guard, and we thought he might be a tackle, right? Um, just I'm just going through recruiting classes here of offensive linemen, right? Uh, there were two, Jake Taylor and Jacob Sexton in the 2022 class. I think we all liked what we saw from Jacob Sexton. Jake Taylor, we're kind of waiting. Uh, if you were to listen to uh, Gabe Iker talk about Jacob Sexton, the biggest thing for him is just you got to get in the locker room or in the weight room and you got to get stronger. Uh, 2021, Savion Bird and Colin Montgomery, right? I mean, we thought Savion Bird might be a dude and it never really materialized consistently, right? And I think Colin Montgomery, he's, he's long gone. Uh, I'll just go back to 2020 since I'm just sitting here clicking. Nate Anderson, Noah Nelson, Andrew Rames, Anton Harrison, and Aaron Parks. Okay, there's a class where you had two guys that really developed. Andrew Rame came in as a tackle, developed as a center. Anton Harrison is the first first-round pick that Bill Beanbow had. So, you know, you got to go back to like 2020, Josh, to find some of those dudes that from the high school recruiting really developed. Now, again, like I said, jury's still out on Sexton and Taylor, but I, I completely understand. I know all these guys are highly thought of. 
You know, there's, and there's just not a lot of five. If I understand correctly, I'm not trying to be a recruiting expert here, Josh. If I understand correctly, there's just not a lot of five-star offensive linemen. It's just the reality of it. No, there's not, and that's a tough position to evaluate. And you had one in Caden Green, and for you know a number of different reasons, obviously he left, right? And and I, I don't know that that – I mean, that's something that it feels like in a way is out of your control. A couple of quick uh, – there's been a few people that have asked about this before we get to a – uh, before we get to our daily portal updates and before we talk a little bit about the conversation that um, Kirby Smart had started after their bowl game. Todd and OKC asked about Justin Harrington. Um, there's a couple of others throughout the last few days. I, I would just stay tuned to whatever platform Justin uses social media-wise. I think he's a Twitter guy. Uh, I think he's on Instagram. But when he went down early in the season, there was uh, – and I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, Eddie Radosevich was the first person that I heard said, hey, this is a little bit more serious with Justin Harrington than some people are letting on. Because I think he got hurt in like the second game of the year. And immediately from everyone that I talked to, Josh, it was that they were hearing good things about the possibility of a medical, another medical season, like a medical redshirt, medical hardship, whatever the term would be. So, you know, it's funny. We talk about Cheetah. And he was the starting cheetah. He was Kendall Dolby, right? Him and Desan McCullough were that guy. So you bring him back, and I don't know. You never know. Uh, uh, Caleb Kelly can tell you. You go through that many surgeries, sometimes it's hard to be the dude that you were. But I, 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 feel, I feel like everyone feels good about Justin Harrington being back next year. All right, Portal Talk next.